1: the here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Ground. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God, we follow the example of the Book of Acts Church, and we discover how they serve the Lord. And in doing so, I believe that we find the Church of the Lord intended, not the one that man-made tradition corrupted and created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer, regaining that world shaking influence which we really need right now right now. The church age is still in effect. The fire still falls. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The porch was created as an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. Florida non-for-profit. Since January of 2000, if you have any questions about that, you can go to OnSolomonsPorch.org or you can go to FirefallTalkRadio.com. You can contact us there. You can communicate with us. And if you'd like to support us, there's ways to do that. Go to the bottom of the main page for Firefall Talk Radio. There'll be a link to PayPal either one time or if you want to do something monthly or you can use the Venmo app at Firefall Media Group, all one word. It's easier, um, more user-friendly, less fees. Now, there's been a problem with the PayPal notification. So if you sent an offering and it was not acknowledged, it means we didn't see it. So let me say thank you now. Thank you to each and every one of you that do. I try to acknowledge them all, but as I said, sometimes they, they just don't let us know. And... Um, we are greatly appreciated, appreciative of your support. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio. That is the main place to hear us. We also archive on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Radio, um, and Spotify. So welcome, welcome to all of our listeners. Um, anyone who does not want to hear the community part of the porch, and I know some of you drop off. Um, you can jump directly to the chapter Mark Shofar, and that'll take you directly into the lesson. But if you want to be a part of the community, you want to hear about Praise Report, Prayer Request, stay with us. And if you are want to be a part of it, just go to one of those places and let us know. Send in a Praise Report or a Prayer Request. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, and then on September 22nd is the fall or autumnal equinox, beginning of fall. I know there's a lot of prophetic words coming out about the fall, so I figured I would point you towards that. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, September 28th, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th. Starting out, praise prayer request. We're going to continue with that. Um... I praise the Lord for everything, my home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, furry kids, everything he's given us, his protection over us. I believe we are protected during this time of what they call a pandemic. I emphasize the pan for the God pan because that's what it's created, chaos and all that other kind of stuff. So I believe in his protection. I believe in his blessing. I believe in prayer. I'm thankful that he lets me work this ministry for him, for the dreams and the visions he encourages me with, uh, for his healing virtues that are still available to each and every one of us. Believe it. I praise him just to be able to praise him. we am going to talk about that a little bit tonight. I praise him for his favor and divine revelation for being a new creation. We are living in prophetic times, whether you want to accept that or not. We are in the end times, which, by the way, I believe began on the day of Pentecost when the apostle Peter pointed to Joel chapter 2 and said, This is what he talked about. So I believe that was a declaration of when the end times began. So we've been in them for a while. Be careful of people that prophesy and tell you, oh, we have just entered the end times. No, we really need to pay a little closer attention to the Word of God. But we are all new creations if you're born again. And we are living in America, which still allows us to do these things. Are things rough right now in America? Absolutely, they are rough. But it tells me he's getting ready to return. And I believe that we should get ready. So let's pray. Pray for the Middle East, for Israel, the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122 verse 6 should be a daily thing. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So I always pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. I pray for um, the leadership in Israel. I pray for the leadership in America. I pray for his church, his remnant, for his children, for protection, for provision. You know, our brothers and sisters are being slaughtered all over the world. Our Jewish brothers and sisters are being persecuted. They're being attacked. Everything we are seeing is the spirit of the Antichrist, which even 1 John 4, 3 talked about that it was in the world already. Well, it's been here, and it's more active and open than it's ever been before. Um, the the demonic, debauched sex trafficking and pedophilia and things that are going on out there that most of the church wants to close their eyes to. Folks, we can't. We need to look at things and we need to know how to pray and we need to take a stand. I pray for divine wholeness, health and healing in each and every one of us. Getting back to our divine design, no matter what's been done to you by this world, Uh, by the enemy, by your own choices, no matter what it is. I pray right now healing in your bones, healing in your mind, healing in your heart, your soul, and your spirit. Anyone right now who needs healing, cry out to him. Say, you are my healer. I, I praise you and I thank you for my healing. Speak to things not as they are, but as they should be in accordance with his word. I pray for protection, inspiration. I pray for the remnant, those of us that have been through it, those of us that have come through the other side of the warfare and the attacks and everything that we've been through, to wake up, to rise up. You are the ones that will answer the call. You are the ones he will use in these final days. So I'm asking that he would bless the remnant. And those that have been blessed would be a blessing, whether to individuals, whether to ministries like Uh, The Porch or Firefall or SRT, whatever it is, if you've been blessed or you know somebody that's been blessed, tell them about us. There needs to be met. There are things to be done, dreams and visions and missions. Our goal is to become highly mobile, highly effective. And once this nonsense of a shutdown has been backed off a little bit, I don't know if anything's going to change back to normal if we were ever normal before, maybe it was all an illusion. But we're going to have to drive everywhere and not fly. We're probably going to have to have our own equipment. And over these last couple of years, we've been slowly buying our own equipment. But we need so much more. To I'm just going to be honest with you. To get done, what we need to get done. To finish this documentary, to get about now the way we have to get about. We're looking for thousands of dollars. So pray with us. Pray with us. Pray with us that we get the money that we need. Hollywood um, entertainment, they're going to need content, and they're going to need things to put on the air, and we believe what we have is worth the cost, the time, and the effort to get it out there. Continue to pray for divine favor and conclusion of legal matters and adversities that continue to drag on for my family, my wife and I, my sons, and daughter-in-law. And of course, for our lost family members, most important thing you can do is lead somebody to the Lord. Continue to pray for my friend Giuseppe in Maryland. I've not heard from him. Uh, With what he's going through, it's just been difficult to get a response. He really needs prayer. He needs healing. He needs restoration. Woody in Central Florida gave praise report. His test came back negative. I was thankful to God for his mercy and for the prayer support from the porch. See, that's what this is all about, he says. I feel 100% better today. I've not had a fever since last Monday night, so praise God and thank and again thank you for the prayer support from the porch. Stacy, in Texas, her husband Neil has got a job interview on Friday. She asked for prayer for that. Came in Fort Mitchell, she said that they've been a little sick over there, uh, seems like a sinus infection. Yeah, I've had one of those too, this moisture, all this rain, this non-stop rain, and not enough dry days in between has really made a mess of things. Uh, she said she, the baby, and her daughter London have it. So far her son has been spared. She praises God for his love and protection and for everything he provides Jehovah Jireh is our provider. says, I praise him for his life lessons and for pulling me back when I drift off. Father, please continue to protect my children, my dog Bruno. You know, folks, the Lord loves your animals too. So pray over them. Make sure that you cover them in prayer. says, please continue to provide for us and keep us safe, protect the porch families. Uh, she has a legal issue back in Germany, which reared its head when she went there. She's asking for it to go away, and she's asking for all of us to feel compassion for each other. She said, deliver us from judgmental thoughts and help us to be kinder in Jesus' name. Well, Father, you know all these things. We share them with you, and you love us so much you want to hear them even though you know them. So we speak them out. We thank you that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath. We, by faith, are the lender and not the borrower. So thank you for getting us out of debt with your blessings. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Yeshua to die for us. You loved us when we were unlovable. You made a way for us when there would seem to be no way. Encourage us, Holy Spirit, remind us of what Yeshua did. Remind us of his words. Remind us of the Bible and the teachings in the Word. Envelop us, Lord. Cover us under the shadow of your wings. That Psalm 91, covering and protection. So right now we take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, Our Abba, Father. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Let us hear what you have to say. Let us know what you want us to know. But most of all, touch us and fill us. And I pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen. are proprietary information, except where noted. The information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're finishing up where we were last week, and I quoted Jeremiah 12:1, and this is where Jeremiah said, "Lord, you always give me justice." when I bring a case before you so let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous and why are evil people so happy? You know what's funny about that is just before I got ready to log in and do everything, some news thing came up on my phone and it was it was some famous person dropping multi million dollars on a home in Manhattan. And you know what I said, Lord, I'm so tired of watching evil people prosper. And I laughed. I said, well, I guess this Bible study is for me because it gets frustrating that those of us that want to serve him struggle, but that's the way it's always been. But he is a just God. And there are times that just like Jeremiah, I get frustrated Lord, these people are evil, they're satanic, they're reprobate. Why don't you immediately punish the wicked? Jeremiah could not stand the wickedness of his day. He was grieved by the, the human suffering that he saw. This is just as confusing to those of us that believe that God rules the earth and everything that happens comes from him. Or is it just allowed by him? See, the the bottom line here, whether it was Jeremiah's day or our day, man, humanity, has chosen the answer to that question. They have made Satan the adversary, the god of this world system. They have crowned him the prince of the power of the air. Of course, he did it to himself, but they accepted it. They have accepted the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Second Corinthians 4, four is, in effect, probably more so now than it's ever been before, The, the whose minds the God of the sage has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, blind eyes have made justice not only blind, but deaf, dumb, and lame, too. There is no justice in this world. We don't have a justice system. We have a legal system. There will only be justice when the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes back. But see, in the midst of all this, in the midst of our frustration, which is just like Jeremiah's, we have got to understand what the Lord was saying to him in Jeremiah 12.5. And this is the Amplified Version. The Lord is about to rebuke Jeremiah's impatience, and this is what he said. If you have raced with men on foot and they've tired you out, how can you compete with horses? And if you take to flight in a land of peace where you feel secure, then what will you do when you tread the tangled maze of jungle haunted by lions and the swelling and the flooding of the Jordan? See, lions would hide in the marsh weeds, and they would spring upon their prey. That's our world right now. Oh, you say, wait a second, there's no peace? Are you kidding me? You have yet to see what the kingdom of darkness is going to do on this earth. We're just a glimpse. We we barely entered the preview of the days of Noah. You haven't seen anything yet. So the footmen, the men on foot were foot soldiers, the infantry. And they marched and they fought on foot. But you know what? When those soldiers came riding in on horseback or in chariots, you got slaughtered. And that's what he's saying. If you can't deal with what you're seeing now, what are you going to do when it gets worse? I quoted this last week, Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright, which ties directly into Ephesians 6:13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I know it's tough. I know it's rough. I know it's ugly, but you've got to know who your are Daddy is your Abba is. You must remember who your Lord is. You must stand upon the word and the promises of God. And when having done all, with sword in hand and armor in place, stand. Don't run. Don't retreat. Don't back up. Stand. That's what the Lord was telling Jeremiah. There are going to be greater trials of faith in store for you. Prosperous wickedness, like I talked about at the beginning, like we see all the time, it's a part of a fallen world. And truly, it's an ordinary trial. Simply running with the footmen, we're going to have to exert greater powers of endurance for the real warfare. If you fall under the small difficulties, how we will endure the greater ones. You see, that's life in a fallen world for the kingdom of God. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present age, this present darkness, against the spirit force of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Folks, we live in a fallen world. This is not a redeemed world yet. When Yeshua died on Calvary and paid the price, He redeemed us spiritually. He gave us supernatural authority, but the authority of this world was still in the hands of the fallen. But we were supposed to do something about it. See, our battle, our every day, every moment, twenty-four-seven battle is with the things from a supernatural sphere of influence using things and people in the natural world. Oh, you can see who those people are. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to do that. If you can't figure it out for yourself, you, you haven't been paying attention. But what is a sphere of influence? It's any area in which one wields dominant power over another. It's a territorial area within the political influence or or interest of one nation are held to be more or less supreme. Well, let's look at that spiritually. That sphere of influence that Hasatan and the fallen have, they have it over a territorial area known as the earth. And they have political influence. They have influence over every area of our life. The God of this world controls the sphere of influence on the earth. The church was called to challenge and refute that, but has failed. Right now, the remnant is like the resistance fighters in World War II. The enemy are like the Nazis rolling over the top of nations and taking them captive. And it's the resistance fighters that are slowing them down for the allies, which in this case will be the king of kings, the lord of lords, the angels, and the saints of heaven. That's where we are. So in that scripture from Ephesians 6.12, there are four kinds of spirit rebels that are mentioned In the Greek, the archos, the principalities, the chief rulers or beings of the highest rank and order in Satan's kingdom. Remember, while Satan is mentioned over and over, first of all, the Bible was a book written to people in the Mediterranean area. He ruled that area specifically by his own hand, but There are princes all over the world in other geographic areas that we call principalities who are directly under him, take orders from him, but also act under their own authority. SRT has dealt with these princes. We have gone into their principalities. We have defeated them in the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach. We have done what we were ordered to do, and we've done it well, if I may say so myself. And then there in the Greek is the exousia, the authorities, those who derive their power from and execute the will of the archos, the chief rulers. It's like the next level down. Then you go to the cosmos kratos, the world rulers of the darkness of this age, the spirit world rulers. Daniel in 10, you talked about them, the chief prince over Persia which it took the archangel Michael to wrap up in a bear hug to allow the messenger angel to slide by to speak to Daniel. Folks, this is real. This is an allegory. This is real. This is what is going on in this world. And we were supposed to be the occupying army defeating it. And then finally in the Greek, the pneumatica, the spiritual wickedness the wicked spirits the foot soldiers the demonic entities in the heavenly places the high places but see let me let me let you in on a not so well kept secret we who are born again, marked by the blood, we who have put on the armor of God, we who have accepted our marching orders, serve the chief ruler over all the rulers in the supernatural world. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, meaning Yeshua, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Look at that final part of Colossians 2, verse 10. Yeshua, your Lord and Savior, your Master, is the head of all principality and power. And you are in him. You've been made full. You've come to the fullness of life in Messiah, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have, through him, Taken, you're a partaker of his supernatural spiritual stature because he is the head, he is the ruler, he is the authority over every angelic principality and power. Then why? are we living such defeated lives? Why are we seeing the the church bow down and kiss the feet of the enemy or demonically inspired things? Why are we seeing the church bow to the will of the world? Because we've forgotten who we are. Ephesians one twenty two and 23. For he, the Father, has put all things under his feet, that's Yeshua, and has appointed him, Yeshua, the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship that is exercised throughout the church, which is his body. The church is the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Oh, come on. If that doesn't get you excited, what's wrong? Ephesians one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah. Even though we live in and are influenced by a fallen world, we actually sit in a position of authority with the one who is the head of all principality and power. Ephesians 2.6, He has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua. Let Let me expand that for you. He has raised us, you, me, All of the born-again brothers and sisters who are actively participants in the church business, kingdom business, has raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere, that sphere of influence, by virtue of our being in Messiah, the Anointed One. He has raised us up together with him. So then why are we bowed down? Why are we not sitting in positions of authority? What happened to our influence? The church abdicated it. We have been spiritually resurrected from the dead. At some point our bodies will join that too. But God so rich is he in his mercy because of, in order to satisfy the great, wonderful, and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Messiah. He gave us the very life of Messiah himself, the same life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Messiah's salvation. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together with him in the heavenly sphere because we're with him and in him. And why did he do this? He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his grace, his unmerited favor, in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Messiah, Yeshua. That's the life the kingdom of God should be showing the world. And what are we showing? We're not showing that. And that resurrection is just as definite and just as complete as the physical resurrection will be. We need to walk in the fact that though our body has not been redeemed, our spirit has. And we need to walk like we were called to walk in authority, in power, in love, in compassion. You know, compassion forces you to react. Compassion forces you to do something about a situation. Second Corinthians 5, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, what are we reconciling? Well, we're reconciling lost children to the father that yearns for them. We're reconciling a dying and lost world that yearns for the return of the king. Wherever you live house apartment land whatever it is should be a place that the spirit of god rules and reigns should be a place that is separate from the spiritual influence of that area should be a place that the enemy knows whoops we don't belong there oh they may try they may stay on that stay outside the boundaries and mock you or try to get you to be afraid but we should be walking in this authority that he gave us our authority, yours and mine, is in him. And it's from him and no one else. Let me say that again. Our authority is in him. Our authority is from Him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and no one else. No other biblical character has his attributes, and no other biblical character or person do we find the greatest relationship that we have with him. You can talk about Moses. You can talk about David. You can talk about any of them, and they are great people of faith, and they are models to to look at, but they didn't have the relationship with him that we have. They were not born again. They were not filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the all in all. Folks, if, if you've learned anything from me, and I was talking to somebody today about this, I will tell you about my Lord. I will cheer on my Lord. I will declare who he is to anybody that challenges me in that regard. I have stood before some very powerful demons, some things worshipped as gods, some fallen angels that have dared to stand in front of me thinking that they had more power Than what was inside of me, because what was inside of me was the spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead, the same spirit that he used to speak them into existence. I know who my Lord is, I know who my daddy is. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do I mess up and fall and do things wrong? Absolutely. And his grace picks me back up, but that doesn't change who I am in him. I am marked with his blood. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have got to get to the place where you believe that about yourself. I know who he is. He is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He is the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. For it was in him, Yeshua, that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, which we talked about, all things were created. And exist through him, by his service, by his intervention, and in him and for him. And he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist here are held together. If you were at the SEA conference last year, you know I've taught this. I've taught this for the last 10 years, that he holds everything together by the sound of his voice, the same voice that spoke everything into existence. He, he, he vibrates, he, he resonates like a musical note Just by his very presence, just by sitting on the throne in the throne room, he holds everything together by himself. He is quantum physics. He is everything. Everything is held together by him. And you sit with him. He knows you by name. He is the image of God to us. He is what we were supposed to be. Genesis one twenty six and 27. Then God said, let us, speaking to the Son and to the, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. He took that clay and he formed it together and he made it into a body and then he breathed his very essence inside of it and brought it to life so that Adam, who should have been the firstborn of all creation, was the exact likeness of God. And then he took a part of Adam, and created Eve. And they were the exact representation of what we should have been, except Hasatan got in. He corrupted it, like he does today. And Adam fell. So we needed a new Adam. We needed Yeshua to fix all that. Psalm 89, 27 prophesied that I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Right there, Psalm eighty-nine twenty-seven says to me, he was born to be king of kings and lord of lords. He was born to be the great king over all the earth. He was the supreme creation of God in the form of a man himself came down to pay for our sins so that he could be reconciled to us. He was predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among, money among many brethren, let us. See, we're in this process. Come on, I don't care where you are in your walk. I don't care how much scripture you know. I wish you knew more. I wish you studied more. I wish you read more. I wish you stopped being birds in a nest sitting there with your mouth, your mouth open saying, Richard, feed me, regurgitated word. No, you better get to the place where you can feed yourself. You better get to the place where what you're learning from me is either confirmation or clarification or expansion of what you already know. If you're still doing the bird in the nest routine, you're not ready for what's coming. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, His image, from glory to glory. Every time you get into the presence of the the glory of God, you get changed just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Do you want to change yourself and your life? Get in the presence of His glory. Turn off TV. Stop looking at social media. And start spending time with him. Colossians 3.10 Having put on the new man who was renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We are called to live up to his image not down to our own not to our past or not to the image of another terrestrial earthly person. One of the most seductive deceptive and destructive thing satan ever got the church to do was to elevate men and women onto a pulpit to worship them and elevate them in stature and importance folks let's get real bottom line the word pastor is mentioned once in the bible Yet we have elevated the pastor to a position of important and rep- importance and reverence that it, they were never supposed to be. But that's how subtly deceitful he's been. Stop living up to somebody else's image and start living up to his. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. So these thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities of the unseen world that refer to these spiritual powers that we're seeing right now. But Messiah's supremacy over these beings should be getting our attention. Instead, false teachers are stealing that from people. And it was going on from day one. Colossians 2.18, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. I, I, I get sent a lot of things. Some of them I'll read, some of them I won't. Some i watch, some I won't. I don't allow other people's teaching or revelation to influence what the Lord tells me. Therefore, I can't be accused of plagiarizing it or assimilating their message, whether consciously or unconsciously. But sometimes I'll look at things and wonder what word do they read? Why do they not understand that really what they're doing is elevating themselves? Everybody wants to be a brand. Everybody wants clicks on their videos. They want to get paid from YouTube. So the promotion and the nonstop podcast and and videos, and it just has gotten to the point where I turn it all off. But everything... Everything was created through him and for him. The Lord is both the one through whom everything was created and he is the ultimate goal of all creation. I don't aspire to be like any man. I don't aspire to be like any person out there. I don't aspire to be like any other ministry out there. I work my father's ministry. I'm in in my father's business and I do what he simply tells me to do. So don't let anyone defraud you by acting as a judge or an umpire, declaring you unworthy and disqualifying you for the prize, tricking you into worshiping angels and people, tricking you into standing on their visions that they claim that they've seen just vainly puffed up Sensuous notions that they've inflated by unscriptural thoughts and fleshly conceit, don't do it. Measure everything by the word don't Don't let anybody steal your prize or steal your blessing or trip you up. You have found the greatest thing of all, Messiah, and you've been made free from sin by the gospel, by the good news, his good news. And by the Holy Spirit. If you stay in the Spirit, you'll not be tricked to finish in the flesh. That's what Paul was telling the, the Galatians in chapter 3. Wait well, we a second, Richard, you, you're talking about the kingdom of God. How does this apply? Everything from the day of Pentecost on was supposed to be kingdom living. And for a while, the book of Acts, church, walked in the fullness of it. And then slowly, through man, through seduction, through Satan and the fallen, that one degree off course began, which we've talked about, until it got further and further away from the proper coordinates, which was the book of Acts. So, don't get caught up in The things that people are telling you, if it doesn't line up with the word, throw it out. If it doesn't line up with the Holy Spirit, throw it out. Now, I'm not saying we can't learn from those who went before us. I do. I've studied. I've read the word. I've studied characters in the Bible that I relate to. But the only person I am called to imitate is the Lord. And the only person I can trust in to show me that is the Holy Spirit. So the Galatians were foolish. And not because they lacked intelligence, but they lacked wisdom. And Paul says, oh, you poor and silly, thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians who has fascinated you or bewitched you or cast the spell over you. Unto whom right before your very eyes the Messiah was openly, graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. They had wandered off. They were trying to do things in the flesh. They went back to following the law. And he he wanted to know what happened. Who bewitched you? This isn't the Word. This isn't the Holy Spirit who had prevented you from walking in the simplicity of the, the gospel and the crucified Messiah. It's right there in the Word. If we're going to live in this fallen world, if we are going to be the kingdom of God on earth, to do what we need to do before he returns, then we have really got to get back to basics. Remember I said at the beginning, we get back to basics, red letter basics. We focus on the Lord. We narrowed this message down to a laser-like precision. Precision. In him, all the treasures of divine wisdom, the comprehensive insight into the ways and the purposes of Almighty God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. And I say this in order that no one may mislead and delude you by plausible, persuasive, attractive arguments and beguiling speech. Colossians 2, 3, and 4. If you want wisdom... Get it from the Holy Spirit. You want to understand things? While the Old Testament teaches about the seven spirits of God and all these other things about knowledge and wisdom. Folks, the Holy Spirit is all those things. We have everything we need in Him. We are sufficient in Messiah and His Holy Spirit to have our spiritual understanding. Are books good? Yes, I've got plenty of them. I've got them all over. I've got them in multiple rooms. I have them tangibly. I have them digitally. I have them on my iPad. And anywhere I look right now, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It's just 15 I can see right now in my eyesight. But I trust the Holy Spirit. I trust him to teach me. Some of those things will trigger a thought, will take me down a road. But he draws me. He throws little crumbs to me. And I don't say that to be disrespectful. What he does is he doesn't give me anything. He has me work for it. He gives me a word. He gives me a thought. He gives me something, a revelation. And it pulls me. It pulls me to the next revelation. And what he's doing is, and through that, I'm I'm exercising my mental and emotional and spiritual muscles. And I'm, I'm being drawn to him. And that excitement and the revelation and everything that comes with it, that's what this is about. But that's all found in him. He is the fullness of God, the Father. And he sent back his Holy Spirit to teach us. John 14, 26, but the Helper. The Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, whom the Father will send in My name, Yeshua's name, He said, He will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That was John fourteen twenty six. John jumped to John sixteen thirteen and fourteen. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, the Truth-giving Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, the full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority. Folks, when somebody says to you and says, well, the Holy Spirit says this, or there are people who have written books about the Holy Spirit, good morning, Holy Spirit, the minute you see that, something's off. It may be partially right, but it's one degree off. He doesn't speak his own message. He refers everything back to the Lord, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take, he will receive, he will draw upon what is the Lord, what is mine, says the Lord, and will reveal. He will declare, he will disclose, he will transmit it to you. All revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. All purpose of the revelation of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Lord. And that is to draw us to the Father. It's never to draw us to a man, to a ministry, to a denomination, to a building. You want wisdom? You want knowledge? You want understanding? Get it from the Holy Spirit. Get it from the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-11. through As Scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his Spirit, for the Holy Spirit Searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and the bottomless things of God, the divine counsel and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. For what person perceives or knows or understands what passes through a man's thoughts, except the man's own spirit within him just so no one discerns or comes to know or comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. I've seen too many people making a lot of money filling conference rooms and arenas that are speaking man-made wisdom. I've been around some of them. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. If it doesn't line up with the Word and it's not confirmed by the Spirit, it must be rejected. For what man or woman knows the things of a man or woman except the Spirit of the, the person which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Two kinds of knowledge, innate knowledge and experiential knowledge. A lot of people have book knowledge. They have no experiential knowledge. I don't need to hear from them. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the truths of God. That's why we're told to test the spirits. And that's not about the, about First John 4, 1, about testing the spirits for many false prophets are in the world. That's regarding people in the church, folks. Some people say, well, I've got to test the spirits before I do a deliverance. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit gives you revelation. Testing the spirits means that person speaking that word, that person writing that book, that person printing that newsletter, that person putting that viral video up. Does it line up with the word? Does the spirit confirm it? Many false prophets are out there. I said to somebody today, and I laughed, I said, gee, long for the days when somebody prophesied in the name of the Lord and it didn't happen that you got to stone them. Boy, would that cut down on a lot of the false things happening out there. Too many false prophets giving personal revelation or giving partial revelation but not getting direct revelation from God. I'm going to stop there. This is a part of that message that we can pick up next time. But the warfare that we have in a fallen world, it is what it is. You can't get away from it. You can't avoid it. If you desire to live in the kingdom of God, that warfare starts in your mind. It assails the heart and it troubles the soul. There's nothing glamorous about warfare, whether natural or spiritual. But it's necessary. It's vital. And, folks, we need to take a stand. Remember that scripture from before, Ephesians uh, 6.13, when having done all, stand. We have too many people not standing. We have too many people running. We have too many people sitting. We have too many people saying, well, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. This doesn't affect me. Nonsense. We need to stand, and we need to speak up. Martin Luther King said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. Well, for me, the only things that matter is what matters to the Lord. The only things that matters to me is what matters to him. And the only way I can know that is if I spend time with him and then the Holy Spirit confirms it in his word. So, Father, I've, I've done today what you asked me to do. I've spoken your word. I've said what's in your word. I've said what the Spirit has told me to say but now it's up to you, Holy Spirit. It's up to you to impart it upon the listener. It's up to you to break through the walls of their false teaching and their preconceived notions. It's up to you to stir their hearts and stir the fire in them and get that fire in their bones that Jeremiah talked about, said, I can't stop talking about him. I tried to. I didn't want to, but I could not be still. I didn't want to make mention of the Lord. I did not want to speak his name anymore in my mind or my heart, but there was a, a fire shut up in my bones. And I'm weary of enduring it holding it in. I can contain it no longer. That's how I feel every day. That's how I feel about firefalls. That's how I feel about the porch. That's how I feel about SRT. I'm tired of watching people's lives destroyed. I'm tired of watching the enemy go in and take the, take the lamb. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching the destruction. I'm tired of watching the sin and the debauchery and the, the human trafficking and all those things that I know are part of a fallen world. But I know that I was given the authority and you were given the authority to do something about it. I'm tired of being a spectator. My sword is sharp. My heart burns. So, Father, reach out right now and touch your children. Shake those that need to be shaken. Stir those that have slumbered and fallen asleep. Take those that are saying, send me and train them. Prepare them. Lord, let us be mobile. We'll go train them. We'll prepare them. Whatever it is, Lord, please, your children need you. Your church needs you. This world needs you. We're crying out for you right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. If there's any part of our life that is not yielded to you, and of course that means not yielded to him, we repent. And we present it to you to consume in the fire. We present it to you right now to burn it all. Burn the dross and the sludge and everything that's in us that maybe we've carried along. Maybe we've picked up along the way. Purify us, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Open our eyes so that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Let us start living like the kingdom of God on earth. Let us start living with the authority that you gave us, all authority in heaven and earth. You you delegated it to your to, your. Book of Acts church and they passed it down and they passed it down and the enemy came along and hijacked it and corrupted it but Lord, we want the purity of it. We want the purifier. We want what you have for us. We don't want to be silent anymore. Right now, Lord, we believe and we receive everything that you have for us. And I just pray this in the only name, the name above all names, Jesus, Yeshua. Amen. Folks, maybe maybe these Bible studies you need to listen to more than once. Maybe you need to go back to some of the earlier ones and listen to some of the older ones because I always build each week. I do the precept upon precept, line upon line each week is followed by the week before. Maybe you need to go back to the beginning. I don't know. But I do know you're needed. And you're needed for a time such as this. And and if you don't see that, I don't know what else to tell you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.
0: The Home Depot introduces new James Hardy Hardy Backer Cement Board with Hydro Defense Technology. 100% waterproof, it's the ultimate barrier to moisture. Now you can skip the steps of waterproofing the entire board, just the joints and fasteners, and you're done. If you're a pro with a bathroom to tile and no time to waste, we've got your backer. New Hardy Backer with Hydro Defense Technology. In-store, online, now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Passes ANSI A118.10 Waterproof Test. We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feeds to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcasts. And make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com.